Greetings, lovely listeners. You are listening to Saga, a podcast where a dude and a chick discuss art and animation. Spoiler alert, this audio may contain spoilers, so please proceed with caution or an open mind. I don't care. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Saga Podcast. This is your favorite podcast about animation and everything involved in animation. This week, we are covering the Dark Crystal Age of Resistance. So this plot is a little bit complicated um, due to the fact that there is a movie that came before this, but I would consider this a prequel to the movie um, for plenty of different factors. But this covers the story of a young gelfling called Rianne and another young gelfling called Deet, who are in very different parts of um, the world. It's called something like it, it has a, like a unique name. And they said it a bunch, like, I- I'm surprised that I don't remember it. That's what it is. And they said that like 10 times an episode, so. Thra! The world of Thra. <laughs> yep. Um, so they're in very different parts geologically of Thra. And there is this strange energy that is radiating from Thra called the Darkening and is turning many of the creatures angry and evil and um work i would say and it is up to these two characters to to end the darkening to stop the darkening which is a product of the dark crystal or the crystal of truth and the fact that this entire race of vulture creatures called the skexis are draining the energy from the crystal of truth yeah right um so where shall we begin from the beginning i guess from the beginning of the beginning yeah so what you said about you (laughs) first of all you thinking you thinking uh that this was a prequel uh yeah that's step that's definitely confirmed like everyone knows that well well thank you for confirming my thoughts that it is you didn't get the memo i guess (laughs) <laughs> yeah um and uh this story is quite good it's quite good uh i i haven't seen the original movie and i i think i i kind of want to leave it like that uh until this series con- concludes and they just announced a season two and uh yeah so Hopefully it doesn't go like too too long and like too drawn out, but this series is is kind of like a Game of Thrones with puppets. Uh, PG Game of Thrones with puppets. What PG Dungeons and Dragons with puppets? Yeah, yeah, there there's there's there are like betrayals and 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 deaths and 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 um and and legends and 
and magic and things like that it's pretty it's like pretty just cool like you know I, I don't know how to explain it I've I've I'm definitely okay so after I finished this series I looked a bit into the original Dark Crystal movie and the the lore is pretty cool like it, it's pretty neat and I, uh, it, it's definitely like I've said this a, a few times in the past on other shows like if something can inspire me like that that inspires my work then it it did a pretty good job yeah so maybe we should talk a little bit about the dark crystal a little bit just a little bit not much but so the history behind this is this whole world this whole universe was created in the minds of the puppet master jim henson who unfortunately died in um in the 90s due to cancer i think um he created the muppets um and has been a puppeteer and kind of wrote this whole storyline well knowing that this was going to be super influential and so he created the dark crystal um the original one he also created the labyrinth i should say that he um puppeteered the labyrinth and uh, all of this is out of his brain yeah and you know what when i first uh like like during like the first episode or two uh if i had one complaint uh they just started name dropping stuff and and, and like the uh the uh, the shrubbly doos and and the and the zubidi das and things like that and 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 i was confused like why are they talking like this and i they okay so they have a glossary of like dark crystal characters and and like and like characters and tribes and powers and places like they the the lore runs deep like this is pretty intense stuff but luckily i i uh i got used to it after, like about episode three or so yeah that's one thing going into it especially if you haven't seen the original is it's everything like you it's almost like you can't miss a beat otherwise you are going to miss something important even if it's something small like a strange little creature that like one of the characters interacts with or um a plant or something because it's it's so in depth yeah definitely yeah definitely they um they it's a really well like fleshed out fantasy world and um i think it's sort of underrated and from what i understand about the original movie it's a bit of a um cult film like a cult classic and yeah uh it it definitely is there's also a um a comic book about this too and i've started reading the comic um and it actually goes even farther back than the dark crystal age of resistance as far as like from the beginning of the entire world the entire world of thra and how it came to be and um i don't know um you probably haven't read it but mother agra is basically i, I don't want to say she's god but she's like jesus in kind of a sense she is the mother of thra in the sense like she gave the gilflings all of the information that they know 
all of the music and the the songs and the words for things and she gave them knowledge basically yeah uh mother agra is definitely bay uh she yeah um yeah so in the series actually she did mention that that like uh like like <laughs> yeah she is basically jesus in that in that thrall made agra in human form to communicate with people in much the same way as god created jesus in human form to communicate with people uh yeah uh, she, she was definitely one of my favorite characters she was kind of like like yoda in in, a, in that she was kind of crazy but like wise at the same time she's one of my all-time favorite characters and she is badass in her own sense but with this air of like i know things you don't know yeah um mustache and all um oh <laughs> listen when you're the mother of the world you can't afford to look like glam every single moment uh which i never quite got over really like i always just wanted to to go to my um medicine cabinet and shave my tv but <laughs> 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 um yeah so she was great uh all right so R rianne and deet and brea were like pretty much our three leads um rianne uh he does some stuff and his lover dies uh you know her essence is sucked and she's like the first casualty of the series which pretty much uh rolls the whole plot of the of the season into motion and yeah go i was gonna say they really they really pushed a hard fast because that was in the first episode and that i think set the tone for the entire series and it's a 10 10 episode series in this uh season so far yeah about four, like 50 episode uh about 50 minutes on average length or so uh Rianne was pretty like i i supported him like i empathized with his character and you know, what he was going through but boy did he get over mira quickly like it's only it was about a week and then he was on to deet <laughs> like what she she's so sweet though and she's got this like weird green skin going on you know who could resist that yeah but like it was only a week though like I thought you loved her. I mean, she died in front of you. <laughs> okay. So, you know, okay. So spoilers, because, you know, in the end, Deet kind of saves them. Like, she takes all of the darkening into herself and, like, has to leave. And Rian is like, oh, okay, bye. So I don't know if Rian actually ever got over his girlfriend, but he sure as hell didn't get over Deet so are, okay huh it seems like you're okay with him kind of being like a fickle frank you know like he's he's pretty he's pretty uh tepid really <laughs> and sure i mean in the, in the wake of tragedy comes some sort of love mm, no i i don't like that uh i ship deet and hup definitely that's the, the truth 
Yeah. <laughs> What's that? Okay. They're great. <laughs> yeah. I know. Hup is. I love the podlings. The whole race of the podlings is just. They're. Yeah. They're so funny. Um, one of my favorite scenes throughout this whole series was in episode two. Um, when they show the podling, like, waking up in the morning to go get Mother Agra her breakfast. And this podling is, like, combing his hair and eating oatmeal that he spills on himself. And just, like, cannot. Like, I relate so much to him in that very moment. That is a Monday. <laughs> yeah, um... Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. The pods, the podlings are pretty great, and 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 Hup was pretty much an unintentional wingman for Deet and Brian, and he got got pretty friend zoned. <laughs> but luckily, he has like the guardian. Like they set that up, so it's gonna be like him and the guardian are gonna team up, uh, which is pretty sweet. Looking forward to that. But w one more note I had on. Rianne was that okay so in the last episode when he was fighting uh the um the, the knight dude like one of the knights sexy guy uh he he says i'm no killer when he has the uh, the glaive uh like piercing his skin and stuff and he pulls it out like dude like it's kill or or be killed like he's trying to kill your entire race just do it man do you want to die yeah i it was kind of a cop out like i don't know what else they thought that he was gonna do but you didn't think you were gonna kill you were gonna have to like <laughs> but they didn't end up needing to do all that anyway so i guess it kind of worked out yeah uh yeah yeah that's that that happened so uh Brea was was probably one of my favorite characters. I think her her story was one of the strongest. I found it the most compelling. She had a very strong arc compared to Dee and Rianne. Uh, yeah, because I think bec uh, because um, she had a strong supporting cast like her mother and her sisters, uh, which which helped with that uh, which helped with that a lot. And um, Tabra, her sister, she kind of like where did she go like she kind of disappeared for long chunks of the story and and it and it really didn't mean much when she died because she was barely around yeah i know but the story is really about brea and deet and Rianne, so no it was definitely about tavra um you know uh, she was there for me when i needed <laughs> no but uh Okay, yeah, maybe be, yeah, maybe you're right, but uh, they definitely gave like most of the meaty stuff to Celadon. She was a character, definitely. Any, any thoughts on her? Um, I thought she was a total bitch. Yikes! <laughs> wow. Explain. She had every opportunity to not be a jealous sister, and here she is proving that she's not fit to rule over the gelflings um well she she's the oldest okay so her mother all right so she was the oldest right or was she the middle one i, I 
Okay. All right. So she, uh, the, the mother trusted her with, with things, even though she didn't verbalize it to her, like, you know, she just sort of innately trusted, uh, her daughter, but, um, I guess Celadon didn't, didn't quite pick up on that and that she like needed like verbal confirmation or, or like some sort of like, uh, uh, like a physical thing, but I think she, like she she just sort of I didn't hate her. I felt more like a disappointed father in her choices. Uh, you know, I was mostly there just shaking my head like, do better. I know you can do it, and and she did. Uh, even though she almost sold out her the entire Gepling race, but she she did it. She stepped up. Yeah, I suppose you're true, but I I don't know. Blood is thicker than water, you know? Like, if you're going to side with an entirely different race in one hand, and then she almost turned on her own race. Or, well, we got to look at it from her perspective, though. Like, she thought... Okay, so, you know, you've heard, heard the, uh, like, the, the churn of phrase or, like, something similar to this where uh, villains don't think that, that they're villains. You know, like she thought she hatched, like she was make selling her, her her hands for her people, right? Uh, or I mean, if you're playing devil's advocate, you could say that that um, that uh, she was that 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 she was angry with her her mom and her people, and she like once she got the crown that she just sort of did pretty much whatever she wanted to with it but really i think that she was doing you know what she thought was just which may have meant you know uh killing a few for the needs of the many kind of deal um but you know it's pretty gray in my opinion but i do have this um this uh saying which i think applies to celadon uh it goes something like never contribute or never attribute for malice which could easily be explained by incompetence so i don't think that she was doing it out of malice just she was naive and and uh a little i like celadon okay she she was the only one willing to make the tough choices and no i'm i'm kidding but uh yeah, I don't know. She was just a really interesting character, and I, I'm really looking forward to what they'll do with her next season. Uh, let's talk about some of the Skeksis. We haven't talked about them. So there's um, the uh, Skek Tech, which was like the, the the scientist one, voiced by Mark Hamill. Uh, it was pretty cool, I guess. Yep, that's it. It was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. oh, that's it. Okay. Hmm. Uh, what do you think about the other Skeksis? Or like the Skeksis as a, a whole? Like, what do you think about them? I, okay, so from what I've gathered from the original movie was that the the Mystics and the, the Skeksis are two halves of one whole. So pretty much like how I feel about Celadon, I don't hate them. They're just sort of, uh, that's just their nature. And, you know, I'm... I don't like it, but that's just their their nature. And 
it helps me deal with that a bit more and um they're pretty cool like they look cool they have like cool colors and stuff um their lore is pretty cool though yeah um they're in interesting characters and i i love the way that mark hamill originally made these because they're so disgusting and and gross and i think he was trying deliberately to make them ugly to say these are the enemies whereas like the gelflings um the podlings you know they're cute they're very beautiful or um just innocent looking and these are uh, the skexis are gross and old looking maybe like they they look like they they've been through some stuff uh, it's just they they're deliberately perceived as the enemy sure yeah they they have like pus coming out of them sometimes and and like yeah they're banian and and soggy or flabby looking but um more on Skektek that I forgot to mention. Oh my god, he bludgeoned that little that poor thing to death and there was blood. Like this isn't a kid's show, man. Like that that shocked me. That scared me. I'm sorry that you had to see that, but it was important for the story. He threw another person into lava. Mm-hmm. That's I mean, I feel if any if anything, that shows you a little bit about the Skeksis. And like it, you haven't seen the original ones. You you haven't seen the worst of it. And Deet, Deet blew one's head off. It flew everywhere. Why are you so nonchalant about this? You're, you're, you worry me. Like, you like creepy stuff. Like, macabre and all that stuff. I, I guess it's, maybe I'm a little dis, like, desensitized, maybe. <laughs> I do. I love creepy stuff. This is, like, I mean, the labyrinth gave me nightmares, but David Bowie in full like costume like that is terrifying. So, mm-hmm. well, there's also the Chamberlain, who was one of them, who was voiced by uh, Simon Pegg, I think, and I loved it every time that that he went. Mm. <laughs> that, that killed me every time. <laughs> that was great. Um, and he was pretty interesting. Uh, he was very opportunistic and he sowed seeds of dissent within the Skeksis. Um, he's a pretty cool character. I liked him. He's complex, for sure. Um, so, I, I don't know how I feel about like the whole series, because like, I, you know, knowing what I know now, knowing what's going to happen in the future, if any of you have ever seen the original Dark Crystal, spoilers, this doesn't end well. If, you know, for season two, I don't know what they're going to do with it, but in the original movie, all of the Gelflings are dead, and there is only supposedly one Gelfling left. Dude, I just thought of something. Oh, man. <clears throat> okay, so what if they... Like, they didn't die, you know? Like, what if most of them didn't die? They're just, like, hidden away somewhere. You mean, like, in Deets, like, underground, maybe? Kind of like that, yeah. But for some reason, 
like a couple snuck out or something for the movie or like you know like what if they're not dead and that this dark crystal netflix series prequel series is just leading up to a dark crystal sequel where we find out that that none of them are dead okay to be fair this is far better in in um development than the original so much better like i want to say like a hundred times better than the original because i once you watch it you're gonna be like oh yeah this is what it was like for them it was it's it's rough compared to the series um i i just i loved it and i i think i might go back and watch it again just to rewatch it because it's such a good good show it has great music great atmosphere it invokes the imagination it is completely of a whole new world and i think as a creator seeing this entirely different universe like come out of one person's brain is just magical well um did you hear about what his daughter said about the netflix show well she for what it's worth, she said that um, that she she think that her father would be proud of this. <gasps> Ooh, that would be so cool, man! I wish Jim Hansen was alive. I kept saying that like to all my coworkers who'd seen this too. I was like, man, Jim Hansen, if he was alive, he'd be so proud, just like a proud father. But this was pretty fun. Um, I had a good time with this series. Uh. I like seeing their feet when they ran and it looked like they were running on water and it was pretty cute. Uh, it's, um, they were puppets, you know, they were, they, you know, had like stiff, uh, stiff, like rigor mortis hands and like, and like, <laughs> and they would like kind of blink weird and they, they didn't like articulate their lips when they talked, you know, they're puppets. <laughs> I mean, well, I would hope so, cause like that was over like thirty-seven years ago. So I, I would, I would hope it would look better. But um, yeah, this was quite a treat. Uh, any final thoughts? Hmm. You heard it here first, folks. Sarah said that what comes out of Jim Henson's brain is magical, and she's not wrong. So go please go check out the Dark Crystal: Age of Resistance on Netflix. You won't be disappointed unless you will be disappointed in in which case uh i'm not responsible for what happens but um blame sarah it, it was all her idea <laughs> anyway okay thanks for putting that on me uh so next week we are going to be covering two short films called cat soup and the stained club cool and please share us with your friends and family, as we would love to continue this podcast about your favorite animations. All of the information here is researched by Sarah and Garrison, and this podcast is produced and edited by Sarah Zadri. Special thanks to Joshua Phillips for the theme music. All while doing our research, we come across some amazing little videos and shots about the process of animation and we will be happy to share this information with you on our site, www.podsaga.com. 
And if you have any questions about the animations we will be covering, please don't hesitate to ask. Thank you and have a good day.